Welcome to Sailing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard, talking about where we are in the preceding word of God and the present truth. Man shall live by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Now the question is, what is the present truth? Most think that salvation is simply asking Jesus to come into your heart, saying the sinner's prayer, whatever the case is, and that's all there is to it, and you live happily ever after with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the others that can be from the truth. We are called and servants of righteousness. That is obedience under righteousness, unto holiness, which we are servants to our Lord Jesus Christ. That requires obedience. Not obeying the law of Moses, but the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the Constitution of the Kingdom of Heaven. Very few consider it. There are the bylaws of the Kingdom of Heaven, what it takes to make the Kingdom of Heaven have entrance into it, as Jesus stated. He gives us the Constitution for the Kingdom of Heaven. That's in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That's the greatest sermon ever preached. And Jesus, as he gave the Alabet Discourse, showed the foundation and the complete building and the unto perfection of what it takes to enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, many will have the kingdom of God Christ in you, the hope of glory. They've been born again, have the water and the spirit, obeying Acts 2.38. That is uh, after repentance, baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins, born of the water, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the spirit. Then the next revelation is that of Jesus, that he is the Father. That's a growth from newborn babes to that of little children. Little children know that Jesus is the Father of glory, as stated by John in his epistle, 1 John 2, 12-14. I write you little children because you've known the Father. That's a higher growth in glory in the revelation of Jesus. Now, they have reached the stage of little children. Also knowing that he's the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty. First Corinthians, the 12th chapter, no man calleth Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. And that does not equate salvation at that point. It is contingent upon doing the will of God in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness. That's the reason Jesus stated in Matthew 7, 22, that not all the same to be Lord, Lord, knowing that he is the Father, the Lord of glory, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven only those that do the will of God. Then there's another step. Now that's where we are now, assuming that the body of Christ is in the present truth. They have been born again. They know that Jesus is the Father of glory. They're gone from newborn babes to little children. Now we are at the stage of young men going unto perfection to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ, full-grown fathers. The fathers then have are the full-grown, the final stage of glory. As John states, I write unto you fathers because you have known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. 
known him from the beginning. Here's the word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was anything made that was made. These that have reached the stage of fathers know the work of the ministry. They know that judgment to the lion and righteousness to the plummet as instruments of righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are the ones that are sealed in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic sealing, having the seal of the living God in their forehead as servants of God. Servants are those that serve God, that have grown to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, unto a perfect man, Jesus ahead, and we, the members in the body of Christ, making but one man. That's Revelation 19.10. These are the ones that have the faith of Jesus. These are the ones that have the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith. We find in Revelation 19.10, John the Revelator sees a man. He's about to worship him. He says, see thou doest it not. I'm of thy fellow servants and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The only way to understand the words of the book of this prophecy, which is the revelation of Jesus Christ, the last book in our Bible, is by the spirit of prophecy. Without that, without that growth, then we cannot ascertain or hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. It takes a full-grown, fully developed, weaned from the milk to full-age fathers. We are now at that stage of being sealed as the Lord spoke to me in a visitation on the 19th of January, 2019 in Transmere, Kenya again in Africa after preaching the Messiah Tribal Church, coming out, and there was a visitation from our Lord Jesus. The Holy Ghost literally came upon me and lasted about two hours. The bottom line, he said, seal my people by my word. Even as the angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Even as he is sending his angel ascending from the east, the Lord's doing it now. He is sealing his people now through the word of God that are listening and obeying these exceedingly great and precious promises given to us whereby we're made protectors of his divine nature, holiness. And those will be the ones that will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world or witness in all nations. Those that overcome in Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamon, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea in Revelation 2nd and the 3rd chapter are the young men that is essential to going on to fathers. Where we are now, the overcomers. The word of God is strong in them. John states that again in his epistle. 1 John 2, 12-14. I write unto you, young men, because the word of God is strong in you and you've overcome the wicked one. That word of God is from Genesis to Revelation. We search the scriptures uh, there because these that are they that testify of Jesus. In the volume of the book, Jesus stated, It's written to me, I come to do thy will, O God, for a body thou hast prepared me. 
God has prepared himself a body. Now we are in Christ's stead. We are ambassadors of Christ. And it's given to us the ministry and the word of reconciliation. When we take a look at the overcomers, we have to hear the voice of God Almighty, the voice of Jesus. And how do we do that? It's through seeking him and the word of God. The voice has to be learned. It's not a natural voice. It's not something that falls upon the natural ears. If any man have an ear to hear, singular, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. That's the ear to the Spirit. If that eye be single, then the whole body is full of light. That's the eye of the Spirit in Revelation. The eye, nor our eyes of thyself, give us ears to hear and hearts to believe thy word, O God. These are the ones that God will use that will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world or witness to all nations in the work of the ministry. What are they and how do they hear the voice of God? My sheep know my voice, a stranger they will not follow. Well, it's simply through the word of God. And we find in Romans 12, 1, Paul tells us exactly how that we are to prove the perfect will of God and the will of God for each individual believer's life. He said, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, all acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Our reasonable service is to crucify the flesh with the affections and the lusts, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds, taking on the mind of Christ, having the servants of God sealed in their foreheads that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God for each of us is. Because God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now, what has totally eluded the church in most of the Protestant churches in the world is that there is a specific will of God for each individual believer that we must do in order to have access into the kingdom of heaven. Now, that's shocking to some. It's not just a general salvation. And you just ask Jesus to come into your heart or say the sinner's prayer and you're saved and that's it. No, we have to do the will of God. So we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it's God that worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Again, Jesus stated, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those that do the will of God. We have to do the will of God. And the only way to do that is to search the scriptures. That as we seek, we'll find. Not going to be open. And asking to be given us. We have to seek the Lord diligently. Find the will of God according to the faith. That individual faith given to each member in the body of Christ. In order to fulfill the will of God to do it. God has called each individual member as some function in the body of Christ. That may not all be prophets, may not all be apostles. He said first in the church apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. But somebody will say, well, I'm not one of those. 
Well, then there's gifts of healings, gifts of miracles. There are governments. There are helps. Every individual member of the body of Christ has a calling on their life that God has set them members in particular in the body of Christ. So the quest for life is to find that will of God and do it. Not a hear of the word, but a doer of the word. But doing the will of God, specifically the calling upon that individual believer's life to find it and do it. Now that's a quest for life. Most do not know that they have an individual calling upon their lives and that the Lord will fitly frame this body together and compact it according to that measure of faith that's given to each member. Whichever joint supplies, bone to bone, body coming together, every joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love through the supply of the Spirit. Most do not understand that. They've never been taught that. But the true ones that are seeking God, the Spirit is saying that they are to do that specific will of God, and we have an unction from the Holy One leading us and guiding us in to do the will of God according to His purpose, according to His calling. And we have to make that calling and election sure. And the only way to do that is to seek the Lord God and to hear His voice speaking to our spirit and ear to our human spirit. My sheep know my voice, Jesus said, and a stranger they will not follow. To make that calling and election sure, we have to continue in obedience and add to our faith virtue. You'll find that in Second Peter, the first chapter. To be virtuous with the Lord God and be true to Him. Virtuous. Add to your faith virtue. Virtue knowledge. My people perish for lack of knowledge. That's another growth state. And then add to knowledge temperance. Self-control. Those that strive for the mastery must be temperate, self-controlled in all things, all things of faith. Then add to our temperance patience. That after we've done the will of God, we have need of patience. That we will receive a full reward. And tribulation work with patience. Patience worketh experience. And experience worketh hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. But we don't stop there. Let patience have a perfect work. And then we add to patience godliness. That's the God life. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 So for us to have the God life, for Christ to, to be revealed in and through each member in the body of Christ, lifting up Jesus, there letting our light shine, is not what we have done, but what he does through us. Through us crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust, mortifying the deeds of the flesh that he can shine through in the will of God and purpose of God done in each believer's life. Then he fitly frames it together. God fitly frames this body together as it has pleased him. So the eye can't say the hand, I have no need of thee. The eye can't say the foot, I have no need of thee. Because God has placed the more abundant honor on the less comely parts, there'd be no chism or division in the body. That godliness 
is what God did. God was manifest in the flesh. He's our example, the way, the truth, and life in the days of his flesh. God became a man. There you are my witnesses, thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand. I am he. God is that servant. Before me there was no God for him, neither shall be after me. That man is God. And he's our example, the way, the truth, and the life. So we should walk as Jesus walked and do his will as the unction of the Holy Ghost leads us and guides us into all truth. That godliness as God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, uh, preached to the Gentiles, believed on the world, received up into glory. God himself was. The Son of God is the Father revealed. But we don't stop there. There from godliness, the God life, we go to brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness is we prefer our brethren above ourselves. Condescending to men of low estate, seeking another's wealth, not our own. Bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ. Then the final step, stage of glory unto perfection is adding to our brotherly love, brotherly kindness, charity. Charity is not love. Charity is the love of God based in doing his will. Charity is doing the will of God according to the will and purpose of God in the leading of the Holy Ghost and fulfilling that as a hearer of the word and a doer of the word. Not just a hearer, not just knowing the will of God, not just searching the scriptures, but doing in obedience unto righteousness and unto holiness. From righteousness there which is Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But that requires obedience. As we see in Romans 6, whosoever you yield your members as servants to obey him, are ye the servants to whom you obey, whether of sin and the death, even though you have Christ in you. It has to be obeyed are of obedience unto righteousness, which yields the peaceable fruits of holiness, which is the divine nature of God, which we are partakers of through obedience. We're saved through sanctification of the Spirit. And that Spirit sanctifies us in doing the will of God, performing the will of God, according to His purpose, according to His will, not ours. We have to lay our will aside. Jesus stated that if any man will come after me, let him first deny himself, your self-will, what your purpose that you want for your life. You have to lay it down. Go pick up your cross. And Jesus said, come and follow me. Whosoever will seek to save his life will lose it. Whosoever will lose his life for the gospel's sake shall find it. So the primary purpose in each individual's life is to do the will of God. It's not a job. It's not a vocation in life. Now, what a person's identity they think they are, usually describing their uh, description of their jobs or their businesses or whatever the case is. It's the will of God, the purpose of God in their life. Very few understand that. Without that, there can be no peace. As a person does the will of God, then God gives his peace. Not as the world gives, 
but the peace of God that passes all understanding. And that is by doing the will of God. That peacemakers are blessed of the Lord. And that's not just making peace one with another. It is doing the will of God. By doing the will of God, the purpose of God in life, then that body can fitly be framed together by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Then he compacts it. He presses it together and seals it according to the measure of faith given to each individual member. And it stands up a great army. It stands up in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost and reveals Jesus to the world. While Jesus was in the world, he was the light of the world. Now the members in the body of Christ that are Jesus' body. They are the body of Christ. The body is of Christ and reveals Christ throughout the world. Each member having a metron or measure of faith. And this is where we're in present truth now as God fitly framed this body together for the work of the ministry, judgment being laid to the line, righteousness to the plummet, so God can do his work, his strange work, and bring to pass his act, his strange act. Don't mock at it, lest your bands of your heart be made strong. This has surprised the hypocrites. The general church world does not know this, that there is a general purpose of God in lifting up his name to all the world in a dynamic move of God that will be preached to every gospel, this gospel preached to every nation over the world in demonstration and power of the Holy Ghost in the latter rain. The former rain, they, they literally turned the world upside down. They have stated in the book of Acts, these that have turned the world upside down have come to our city also. The preaching of the gospel there Throughout the book of Acts, literally took the world. But it did not come to the measure of the statue of Jesus. It was an embryonic church. God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us shall not be made perfect. There's a perfection in the body of Christ that will go back all the way to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, all through the Old Testament. The prophets, the patriarchs, all down in faith, having never received the promise. And even as Paul stated in the church at Philippi, I'm not perfect yet, neither have I already attained. He wrote 14 books of the New Testament of 27 books. Yet he states he was not perfect, neither had he already attained. What is he reaching for? He said, I'm trying to apprehend that of which I'm apprehended for Christ. What is he trying to apprehend? reaching forth of those things which are before, forgetting those things which are behind. What things? Well, faith. Now, faith is the substance of things so far, the evidence of things not seen. It's the testimony of Jesus, the faith that was once delivered to the saints, but that faith in the last days that will allow the body of Christ to stand through a time of great tribulation. They'll be sealed. They will not be deceived. Their calling and election will be made sure. Why? 
because they've added to the faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. And these things are found in you and they are uh, found in you and they are availed in you, seen through you, manifest through you, and abound in you. Then he says that it will make your calling and election sure. There will be no chance of your failing. There will be no chance of falling from grace. You will be sealed. You will literally be led and guided into all truth and sealed, compacted together by the Holy Ghost. The body of Christ uh, being sure and steadfast in the doctrine of Christ. Immovable, unshakable in these immutable truths of Jesus Christ that he's faithful and true. God's doing it now to those that have an ear to hear. What happens to the overcomers? Jesus is very explicit in Revelation, the second and the third chapter. Notice he says that Ephesus to the church at Ephesus, to him that overcometh, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Paradise being moved now to heaven by Jesus Christ himself. We also see that in Smyrna, he that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. It means that you, blessed Holy Spirit, that part in the first resurrection of such a second death hath no power. Then look at Pergamos. Ah, Pergamos. There, where that doctrine of Balaam was prevalent, where Satan's seat dwell, was and, and Satan dwelled among them. But yet, the ones there in Pergamos was told to him that overcometh all grant to eat of the hidden manna. Everything in Jesus Christ and the mystery of God and the Father of Christ in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge are now being revealed. We're not seeing through a glass darkly. We're not in a Pentecostal reign. In the Pentecostal season there in Acts the second chapter, and it's been 2,000 years that we have been in that Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost. There he stated, we see through a glass darkly. Paul stated that. We have knowledge in part. Where there be tongues, they'll cease. Knowledge will be done away with. But when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part will be done away with. That's charity. When it was a child, it speaks as a child and it said as a child. But when we can own and put on from faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. And that charity, which is the bond of perfectness, the guarantee of perfectness, that will cover a multitude of sins, doing the will of God under perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, that charity will cover a multitude of sins. It's that which is perfect has come, then we all know, even as we're known of him. That's the Father's that's known him that's from the beginning. The word of God. The will of God. Which God's will from the foundation of the world has been to gather all things together in one, in Christ Jesus, and that gathering into one is one body, one spirit, in whom you're called in one hope 
of your calling. And that is one Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God who is the Father of us all, above all, and in us all. God's doing it now. And he will gather many sons unto glory. That's the foundation of his will. The foundation of the church, which is Christ. What, what do they say Jesus stated about him? Who is he? Who is Jesus? Who is, who is he in his essence, his intrinsic? Who is he? And they stated, uh, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter stated that. When Jesus said, uh, who do you say I am? Who is I am that I am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. That's Christ, the foundation of the church. We have to be established in that doctrine of Christ. Christ there will be exalted through the members of his body unto perfection, unto full glory. They're about a faith, open charity. The greatest of these is charity. And that is what's happening now under perfection. We're not seeing through a glass darkly. We're seeing through that glass now in a perfect image of Jesus. The Lord has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. God himself showing forth his glory in the face of Jesus. Jesus has four faces. That's the cherubim in Genesis 3.24, which is Christophany. We see he's the land of the tribe of Judah and the gospel according to Matthew. He's the perfect man in the gospel according to Mark. He is the suffering servant of the ox in the gospel according to Luke. And he is that eagle in the gospel according to John. Lion man, ox, and eagle. There are the four faces of Jesus and we, uh, the living Zoe, the living creatures of Revelation 4 and 5 in the body of Christ coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus will have that same face, that same glory revealed in and through us. For God has shown his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. He is that spirit of God, the quickening spirit. That last Adam has been made a quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45. That same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord and Christ. Acts 2, 36. He is a blessed and only potentate, the omnipotent, almighty God. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. Who only hath immortality. The warning of the light which no man can approach unto, nor see, nor can see. Now he's revealed in and through you, the body of Christ. We have to find the will of God in order to have entrance into the kingdom of heaven. If we don't do the will of God, it's called iniquity, lawlessness. And the workers of iniquity will not have entrance into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus stated, not all that say to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those that do the will of God. Then they'll profess unto Jesus. They were born again. Matter of fact, they had the revelation that he is the Lord, the father of glory, going to little children, not just newborn babes, but little children. Matthew 7, 22, 23. Go read it there. They'll say, Jesus, we have prophesied in thy name. And in thy name, we've cast out devils. And in that name, we've done many wonderful works. 
and Jesus will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Iniquity is lawlessness, not doing the will of God, even though they were born again and knew that he is the father. But still didn't do the will of God. Now that is very important. It is an essential to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven in order to do the will of God, working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, knowing that it's God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure, that we must do the will of God, which is not only into a faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. These things have to be in us, avail in us, and abound in us. See that our faith goeth exceedingly and the charity aboundeth one toward another. Why? It's a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that we all might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which we suffer. That is 2 Thessalonians 1. That is what is required of each individual member of the body of Christ then the will of God will shine through. In obedience, under righteousness, standing up a great army, proclaiming this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness in all nations, then the end will come. If we do not gather together and do the will of God, turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, children, fathers, in this last day uh, ministry of Jesus, in the spirit of Elijah in restoration, for the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution and restoration of all things, Acts, 20, Acts 3, 20 and 21. Then God said, I will, if we don't do it, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The burden's on us. We have to move. We have to join together. We don't do it. The Lord has promised. If you do not do this, if you do not turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, children of the fathers. In this last day, work of the ministry. Remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. The church in Revelation 11, being measured. The temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. That God will come and smite this earth with a curse. It's up to us. In obedience, unto righteousness, unto holiness, to lift him up, spare not, and show the people their sin. And God will gather all things together in one in Christ Jesus, which has been his will from the foundation of the world. But we have to obey. If we do not, the burden's on us. Any man says the burden of the Lord will be cut off. The burden's on the body of Christ. It's on us. And that is what I'll leave you with today. That you that know the will of God, not just going to a local assembly, not saying I go to church because we have a brick and mortar building, but you know the church is a dynamic body of Christ. If walking in the way of light, not the place of light, the way of light, which is progressive, dynamic, not static, and not stagnant, but a flowing, moving, dynamic flow of the Holy Ghost, then we need to come together. It's up to us. If we do not heed the call of God, he has told us, because you didn't obey me, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse because 
the hearts of the fathers didn't turn it to the children, children to the fathers. In Malachi 4, I told you what I'd do. Now the God of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ, the only true God in eternal life, is literally fitly framing his body together for those that will hear. If God's dealing with you, I need to hear from you. We need to work together. If you know the leading of the Holy Ghost and you know the will of God for your life, you're called for it, and you have no doubt in your mind of this last day work of the ministry, then please do not hesitate or procrastinate. Let's do not provoke God to wrath. Contact me. You can email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. As long as the body of Christ does not come together and thinking, well, I just believe in the pan out doctrine, believe in Jesus and it all pan out. No, we have to have the leading of the Holy Ghost and obedience unto righteousness unto holiness. Then the Lord will be pleased with us and have his will done in our lives. This gospel will be preached in all the world for witness in all nations. It's up to us. You can contact me. Email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org or simply go to our website. You can contact me there, dennisbeard.org, sealinggodspeople.org, sealinggodspeople.com, jcic.tv, any of these places. Simply drop me a message at email or whatever the case is. I will get right back to you so we can work together. The night is far spent, the day's at hand. We are to move. The urgency is there. Let's don't let it pass us by. Email sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Well, we're praying for each individual member of the body of Christ that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us, that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.